the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know you are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Last week we looked at God's appointed times called Sukkot. And today we're going to continue and look at God's fall feasts uh, as we talk about the final appointed time for the fall and just a wonderful holiday that is not in Scripture. We're going to talk about that as well. So stay tuned. I have much to share. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you for your word. Your word, it is a light unto our feet. Lord, your word directs us and gives us an understanding of who you are. Lord, we, we bless you because your word is our instruction. So as we talk about your word and we talk about these fall feasts, we just ask that you would pour out your spirit, anoint uh, this message as we bless you and thank you and give you all the glory. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Okay, I love this time of year. We focus so strongly on the Lord. It's, it's been an amazing time. Uh, this is also a great time for our rabbis to come visit your church uh, or your Bible study or uh, your organization and talk about the appointed times. We'd love to set that up for you. Why don't you email me or call Karen, you know, at 813-831-5673. We can also email you the reading schedule. Uh, you can get the year at, um, where you can read the Bible in one year. We have that for you. And we also have uh, the Parshat schedule, which means these are the portions that are to be read each week Um uh, uh, this will give you a Torah portion, a Haft Torah portion, which I'll explain later, and a new covenant reading for each week. So for all of this and anything else you might want, call Karen at 813-831-5673, and she can take care of you. You know, we'd love to 
CU brings some Jewish visitors uh, who don't know the Lord to our services, but if you can't, maybe have them over and have a watch party and watch our Facebook Live. We'd love that as well. So um, as we finish talking about these fall-appointed times, uh, they're a picture for us to think about. And so just as a review, we look at Rosh Hashanah, the or Yom Teruah, the shofar blast, and the Lord returns, redeems his people. And Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, Jews' final uh, moment, and, and really the world's final moment to accept Yeshua as their Messiah for atonement for their sins. And then Sukkot, which is the Feast of Tabernacle or Booths, God gathers up his people to tabernacle with them. And a personal summary, uh, which we went over last week, was the R's, you know. Uh, Rosh Hashanah, you reflect uh, as you get quiet before the Lord. Um, you recognize your sins. You repent of your sins. Yom Kippur, you're redeemed as your sins are forgiven. You're reconciled to God and to man. And you receive God's love and mercy. For Sukkot, you rejoice in the Lord, remember the Lord, retell about the Lord's love. Results, you are renewed, refreshed, revived, and your faith is relevant. <laughs> so that's a quick, quick review. Now, um, let me just say that if you would like the the sheet that tells you all the R's and gives you some um, scriptural background, uh, just let me know, and we'll, oh, well, actually, let Karen know, and we'll send that out to you. So uh, we built our booth, had some great times in it this past week, and yesterday we took it down and had a great celebration, because yesterday was Shemini Atzeret, and we combined it with Simchat Torah. Okay, stay with me. So the name Shemini Atzeret is taken from Numbers 2935. It says on the eighth day, which is what Shemini Atzeret uh, is translated as, you shall have a solemn assembly, you shall do no laborious work. Yet the word Atzeret really doesn't mean day, but it means kind of like a concluding meal or concluding festival. Thus, rabbis through the years have understood this language to indicate that this is like a final day to the Sukkot festival. You know, it allows it to linger on, and yet it's a separate day so from Sukkot, um, which is kind of interesting. So uh, Shemini Atzeret is a full festival day as though it were seven days and yet separate. Okay, so this eighth-day festival foreshadows the world to come, which is called Olam Haba in Hebrew, following the uh, Sabbath reign of Yeshua's uh, Yeshua being upon the earth. It is connected but separate. This is the only Torah festival that has such an eighth day, which is attached to it. And the symbolism of the eighth day is that of eternity. And I'll explain why. But in the middle, uh, early Middle Ages, Shemini Atzeret began to be associated with the completing 
of the yearly cycle of readings from the Torah. And that led into a holy day, or a holiday, I should call it, which is not in Scripture, but it's a great it's a great holiday called Simchat Torah, which means rejoicing in the law or rejoicing in instruction. It's just a great, great day. So we combined those two uh, yesterday. So while Shemini Atzeret's significance is somewhat unclear scripturally, because it doesn't say very much, Simchat Torah always seems to convey a clear message which is the importance of God's Word in Jewish life, the Torah. It's both a source of Jewish identity, and it's also a gift from God. So Simchat Torah is the day on which the entire community gathers together, and we express our joy in having received God's Word. So in uh, Shemini Atzeret, we see a couple verses in Leviticus 23.36, which is talking about it's sort of um, Sukkot, and then it says, For seven days you are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. The eighth day you will be, a, will be a holy convocation to you, and you are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. It's a solemn assembly. You should do no laborious work. And then in verse 39 of Leviticus 23, it says, So, on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you've gathered in the fruits of the land, you're to keep the feast of Adonai for seven days. Right? So, but then it says, the first day is to be a Shabbat rest. And the eighth day will also be a Shabbat rest. Again, talking about this eighth day celebration. So, it's an extension of Sukkot. Uh, we are. We know we are to rest on it. We know we're to have services, and we're to bring an offering of fire to the Lord. And I always say, for that, we bring uh, our excitement of the Lord uh, to Him, and uh, He sees that. But you know, the appoint this appointed time of Shemini Atzeret, the eighth day, doesn't get a whole lot of attention by the Jewish community. It, it's likely. Uh, that during this holy day, they discuss scriptures that would symbolize, I would say, the, you know, the harvest, God's word and his nourishment. So we're going to do that as well, and we'll take a look at it. So looking at water as a symbol of life, we see Psalm 42, 2 and 3, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When will I come and appear before God? So God is our maker of life, and we are to pant for him the way a deer pants for the water brook. And we uh, should hunger for the life that God has made for us. Amen? All right. Isaiah 55, 1. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come by and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. So as we look at that scripture, we see that God gives us the spiritual first of the coming to the waters, and then the physical uh, drinking of wine and milk. So we also see that uh, rain is a symbol of God's word. 
It, as an example, Isaiah 55:10, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without having watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to sow and bread to eat, so my word will be that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me in vain, but will accomplish what I intend and will succeed in what I sent it for. So the rain is not only a symbol of God's word, but also a symbol of the spirit of God watering the earth, and I believe with revival. And we see other scriptures, Joel 2.23, Be glad, children of Zion, and rejoice in Adonai your God, for he gives you the early rain for prosperity. Yes, he will bring down rain for you, the early and the later latter rain as before. And Hosea 6.3, So let us know, let us strive to know Adonai, like dawn, his going forth is, un- is certain. He will come to us like the rain like the latter rain watering the earth. And that's, can you picture God's Spirit just coming to us in that way? Very exciting, right? Ask uh, Zechariah 10.1, ask Adonai for rain in spring. Adonai makes the storm clouds and will give rain showers and plants of the field to everyone. Uh, God is is so good, uh, nourishing us continuously. Also, we see the, which we discussed last week, the living water symbolizing Yeshua's nourishment. We read John 4.14, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never be thirsty. The water that I give him will become a fountain of water within him, springing up eternal life. And we read Isaiah 12, 2 and 3. Remember, with joy, I'll just do the short version. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation or the wells of Yeshua. We also see that God speaks prophetically using water concerning revival. As Isaiah 44, 3 says, I will pour water on a thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your offspring and on my blessings and my blessings on your descendants. Oh, don't you love that? And of course, we read last week, John 7, 37 and 38, where Yeshua says, out of the innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So come to him if anybody's thirsty, right? Uh, rain symbolizes the Ruach and revival. So we see in Joel 3, 1, a lot of scriptures here, right? <laughs> Joel 3, 1, so it will be afterward. I will pour out my Ruach on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Also on the male and the female servants will I pour out my spirit in those days. So the word atzeret, which is, uh, you know, shemini atzeret, which is normally translated, as I said, the eighth day, has uh, many discussions about the meaning of it because it's derived from the word atzar, which means to collect or to store. So the rabbis spoke about the purpose of this day was to come together and store the memories of everything we've experienced during the preceding days of the appointed times. Makes sense, right? It's like the exclamation point that we have learned during this time. And, and so it, it uh, cements it 
in our heart, in our mind. And the spiritual lesson of, of this is repentance, forgiveness, character development, obedience, faith, fruits of the Spirit, and, and all of this should bring us tremendous joy. Now, Shemini Atzeret represents the beginning of a new rainy season during which the earth is nourished by the rains from the heaven, but spiritually it represents the pouring out anew of God's Holy Spirit and the continuing and expectation of a new harvest, harvest for the kingdom of God. This also should bring us great joy, and I hope and pray that you are praying for this new outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's soon. I believe we, we've got to pray with tremendous expectation. Also, the significance of the number eight. As seven was so-called, the seventh day was the day of completion and rest, so eighth, as the eighth day, was the first of a new series, as well as being the eighth. So, thus it represents two numbers, the first and the eighth, which is why people think of it representing eternity. So it's, it's, it's a cyclical thing. And interesting enough, the consecration of Aaron and his sons um, as priests required seven days of being set apart, but it was the eighth day that they were anointed as priests, thus beginning a new ministry and office before God and the people. And when you think of David and Goliath, David was the eighth son of Jesse, and so he started a new dynasty in Israel when he became king. And after the seven weeks of the spring harvest, the 50th day, which is Shavuot or Pentecost, this day is the eighth day of the seventh week. So it's the beginning of receiving God's law and the beginning of receiving his spirit. And we can go on and on with the eighth. It's it's possible that... uh, the Sukkot is a seven-day festival but representing God gathering his people, right? But the eighth day could represent the millennial reign of Messiah. Look at Revelation 20, verse 4, and Isaiah uh, 11. And in Genesis 21, 4, then Abraham circumcised Isaac, his son, on the eighth day, just as God had commanded him as a sign of God's covenant promise. And we know that God's promise is everlasting, right? God has a promise, a covenant with us as we celebrate his eighth day. It is like our seeing the new beginning of God's faithfulness to us. If our faith has lessened over this year, God is showing us this is our time to recommit to him because we know that he will never leave us nor will he forsake us. It is exciting, isn't it? Yes. So I told you about this other holiday, which is not in the Bible. It's called Simchat Torah, and it means rejoicing in the Torah. And it marks the completion of the annual cycle of weekly Torah readings called the Parashot. And each week in the synagogue, Jewish people read some from the Torah and from the Haftorah. And uh, on Sim, uh, Simchat Torah, the last Torah portion is read. Then after rolling the Torah, the first Torah portion is read. This reminds us that the Torah reading is circular, and it is never-ending. 
ending. Now, during this service, we've danced, we rejoiced, we circled the Torah uh, seven times around the sanctuary that's called Hafakot, which means circles. We praised God, danced with the Torah, handed it from one person to another so that everyone could enjoy the Torah or God's Word. Very exciting. And we read from different portions. We read John 1, uh, because when we got to the New Covenant, uh, it's so important to read John 1, because it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him, and apart from him, nothing was made that came into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overpowered it. And then in verse 14, And the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. We looked upon his glory, the glory of the one, and only from the Father, full of grace and truth. And see, I think this is one of the places where you can go to if somebody is arguing with you about, is Yeshua God? Is he part of the Godhead, so to speak? It says, in the beginning was the Word. So he he was there in the beginning because he is the Word, right? Made flesh, who tabernacled. So I just think, uh, what a great scripture. And... Uh, So, as believers in Yeshua, we place an extremely high value on the words given to us by God. They are to be burned deep into our minds, engraved in our hearts, and we are to recognize that the Word of God is Yeshua. He is the living instruction, the living Torah. Amen? Okay. So what is our responsibility in all this? Well, I believe we are to read Scripture daily. Secondly, we are to study Scripture, which is different than reading it. Third, we should meditate on it, which is again different. Number four, we should pray it. Number five, we should declare it. Number six, we should memorize it. And number seven, the hardest thing to do, we should apply it. Oh, my goodness. And so for this reason, we can email you those reading uh, schedules, if you'd like. One does the entire Bible in a year, and the other gives you the Parsha, so that will give you a portion of reading uh, from the Torah, from the writings, and from the New Covenant. And it really works so beautifully together. So I would just suggest, and, and you know, yesterday we read from, in, in the Torah, from Vizot Habracha. And it means, and this is the blessing. And you see, all the names of the parasha come from the first verse in the beginning of the parasha. The beginning was Deuteronomy 33.1. And it says, this is the blessing with which Moses, the man of God, blessed B'nai Yisrael before his death. Ah, so much to talk about, but we've run out of time. So 
look, bring uh, call a Karen and and get the schedules of readings. Call Karen if you want to schedule one of our rabbis to visit uh, your congregation or your Bible study. Um, call Karen uh, if, uh, as I said, for the reading, or if you would like to pledge as as this is in a sense the beginning of the year. Um, so if you would like to pledge finances for our, our radio program, that would be an amazing blessing to us, uh, or just give a one-time gift. So we'd love to have you visit as well. Let me pray before we leave. Father, I just thank you and praise you for your word. And I ask, Lord, that you would help each of our listeners make you a first priority and that they would grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. So we thank you for this, Lord, in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. 